Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In my head, I was like, oh, like, this was a draw. Like, I punched him. No, he punched me. I punched him back. I gripped someone on the car. It got broken up. But when I come into school the next day, I'm automatically the strongest guy in the school now. What I did is I bought every single donut in the store. And then the ones that I couldn't buy, I hid around the store. Wow. Now, when I've come into school, I'm feeling like the man. I've bought every donut. I've hid the ones around the store. I'm feeling like I'm basically going to be the king of this. I ain't going to lie. I was gutted. But, you know, ultimately that decision probably saved my life because there's a lot of things going on out out of school that I, cu- I couldn't focus on exams. And I learned about the history of rum. And I was like, wow, like, why don't people know about the history of rum? Right. You know, how interlinked to slavery it was. I feel like the category needs this. The category, the rum category needs a premium product from a diverse founder with a real story to tell. Yeah. There's loads of fake stories out there. Pandemic kicked in like six months after we launched. Yeah. Right. Or like three months after, four months after we launched. Right. Like every single day in the pandemic, I was packing boxes, bro. I learned about like lost leaders. Right. Yeah. So I had like cups, not these cups. I had some black cups with like LO on them. Right. And um, so every DLT, I'd like, can I sponsor the cups? Definitely did get your name out there. Like you've been featured. Um, Stormzy. Yeah, shout out Stormzy, man. Like Stormzy he, rated your... Yeah, puts us one of his three favourite rums. Welcome to the Takeoff Experience, where I sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey, their failures and their successes. If you want to take off in your career, your business, your finances, or your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Takeoff Experience. We've got a special guest in the building. We've got the founder of Lass Alas here. How are you doing today, bro? I'm good, bro, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. No, I'm, I'm happy to, to to have you here today. Um, you're doing a lot these days, though, aren't you? Not only not only are you founder of Alas Alas, you've also got your own, another podcast as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah I'm part of a group um, called Touchline Media Group, where we have, you know, several sports podcasts, so mainly football, but there's F1 there, there's what, basketball, and yeah, there's other sports as well. Wow. How do you find the time to do all of this? I mean, with like Las Olas, that's my main priority, right? Okay. Uh, the podcast, it's more so like WhatsApp, group chats, if we need to organize anything. If not, then it's, uh, you know, I commit maybe like an hour or two hours a week, probably an hour a week to the podcast. But more so it's just about, all right, how how can we improve the brand, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, 99.9% of my uh, of my time is spent on Las Olas and growing that. Okay, okay, okay. So I described you a little bit as a founder of Las Olas, but what would you describe yourself as? Who is Samuel? Samuel, man. It's interesting because, uh, yeah, my real name's like Samuel, but it's like everybody and my friends call me like Seb. And that's like a nickname that's, okay. that, that, that's a nickname that stuck from like school. It's a very, very long story. I get into that like another time or whatever. But for me, I just like, you know, everybody calls himself hardworking, but I just say, you know, generally hardworking, entrepreneur, um, all or nothing type founder, really. Okay, yeah. all or nothing, and we'll talk about a bit more about why why that is. Mm. But in terms of your story, your background, 
Um, where are your parents from? Were you born here? Yeah, so my, 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 my parents are originally from Nigeria and they came here and then they, they had me here and I was born in, funny enough, in Hackney, Homerton okay. Hospital. Yeah. Mad. Um, what, what tribe? Nigeria? Uh, Yoruba. Okay, Yoruba. I'm yeah. Igbo, I'm Igbo. Okay. Igbo and um, Ijo. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Bro. Do you speak? Do you speak? Uh, no, yeah, but I understand. Like, uh, I understand like 90% of it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's, I can understand full sentence. You know what it is? It's there's some words I might not understand, yeah. but because I understand most of the sentence, I gauge the context. Yeah. So, but I, w- I would say I'm like, I'm 90, 95% there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I understand it. Mad, mad. So you said that you're from Hackney, Homerton, right? Y- yeah. So I was born in Hackney, yeah. but uh, very early on, I moved to Newham. So I moved to Stratford okay. when I was about say about eight yeah about eight i mean stratford yeah and was it like growing up in in east london how was that for you i mean it's, it's so funny because I, I have like two different experiences so i've got the hackney experience which is um i'd say like very sheltered because i'm still like at the age where your mom's picking you up from school she's dropping you to school um in the area that i grew up in and like we did know some people in the area, but it wasn't like a sociable everybody playing out. I, don't, yeah. I can't remember that. And then, you know, when I go to Newham and I go to Stratford, that's more like of a community. So I live okay. like where I was living in Stratford, um, it was like a it was like a, a closed off estate type of thing. So everybody plays out, right? And you get to know everybody and it's like uh it's a baptism of fire, right? Yeah, you're learning new things, you're engaging with people like with kids in like a different circumstance, like outside of school or outside of church and you're 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 you're, you're understanding uh new things and you're basically forced to grow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm from I'm from down south actually. Okay. Yeah, so that's where uh I wasn't born there. I was born in France and um, yeah, I pretty much grew up in South London. Wait, born in France? Like, yeah. how, how did we get there? So how did we get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get, questions get answered. You know what? So my mum studied in France. So, my mum met my dad at some point and yeah, yeah, I was born, I was born out nice. there. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, they, they moved, decided to move to London uh, about when I was about two years old. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been here ever since really been southeast pretty much all all over peckham camberwell greenwich wow. lived all over southeast yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's been it's been it's been mad so like school wise what were you like were you like you know what people say boffin were you a boffin were you <laughs> not a boffin yeah no school wise i'd say like it's two two different like experiences right you have i'd say um early secondary school um it was interesting because the secondary school that I went to, mm-hmm. um, nobody in my year in primary school went to that secondary school. But the fortunate thing with me is when I'd moved to Stratford, uh, one of the boys um, who was a year above me went to that secondary school. So, and then also two boys that went to my primary school that were like three years above me went to that secondary school. It was like the go-to secondary school if you're from Newham. Okay. Like it's, D school like it's like it's like it's even like a I'd say it's like a, a personality type oh he's a Bonds boy that that was like a really? common thing oh yeah okay. like, it's a personality type right so uh, um, yeah so I'd say it's like two halves so starting going into year seven um, I remember like the guy above me who lived in my area introducing me to people in my year because he had played football with them so you know, I I talked to them, but everyone I was like fairly different in it. I'm I'm from Hackney originally, yeah. and everybody's from Newham, and everybody's um, 
you know, uh, together. But you know what's so interesting? Like, I, you know, very early on, like very early on, I think like things changed drastically because I was like into football, but I wasn't right really into football. Okay. Like, I, I wanted to play football, but I didn't know what it t- like took to like play for a team outside of school. I didn't know what like playing a full match was. I was just like playing football in in, in the playground in primary school. So when it got to year seven, I remember um, going to uh, the football trials, right? And everybody's trying to get into the team. Uh, there's like a b, there's a team, obviously the top team, all the way down to D. So after the trial, um, like at that time, I was like a really, really chubby kid. I put on some weight now because of the pandemic. But at that time, I was a really chubby kid. And um, like, I was like, yeah, I wasn't really good at football at that time. Okay. And then um, what happened is on the way back, there was like a guy from like another school and like he'd gone to another primary school in Newham and he knew people and he'd like tried to bully me. And this is like the, my first experience with this because like I'm walking with people that I've just met. So that like, we're cool, but he's like from another primary school yeah. and everybody knows each other and I'm just the lone person. So he's like trying to bully me. And I, I remember this so vividly and I'm like, I don't want to fight because I've never had like a proper fight. Even though I was like an angry kid in primary school, I've never had like a proper fight. Like this is organized. Right. And I remember him just like punching me and me punching him back straight back, boom, instantly. And then it was like, my whole life changed after that. It's like, in my head, I felt like, you know, so, oh, so sorry. Yeah, no, the watches are Yeah, the watches are crazy. So in my head, I was like, oh, like, this was a draw. Like, I punched him, he, no, he punched me. I punched him back. I gripped someone on the car. It got broken up. But when I come into school the next day, I'm automatically the strongest guy in the school now. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like literally like that. Every, everybody Great. had a top boy. Yeah, everybody <laughs> had a different perception of that fight that I, that, that I had. In my head, I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. Like I think it's a draw. He punched me. I punched him. Like I, we gripped each other up. But like older boys had seen this, and then yeah, like automatically now I'm like the strongest person in my year because I had the size and that. And I, and I think that like. That was really, really interesting and it played out a lot like during my school life. Wow, wow, wow. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. And um, you know what's so funny about school? Like the social status in a school is so important. It really, it really has an impact on what life is like for you at school because that's when you're, you know, obviously developing friendships, that's where you're developing your personality. Um, as well. It's important, but I wouldn't say it's like the most important part of your life, is is one stage. Um, of your life and um where did the business side start to come in at what point did that start to come I'd, into your I'd, life? I'd say very early on you know um in in secondary school uh I'd say maybe like year eight okay year nine um you know how everybody does everybody's trying to sell like chocolate bars and yeah. you know um trying to like so it's so interesting so um yeah so in year eight I remember it was like selling Rockies and gold bars um <laughs> yeah and then obviously everybody's trying to do the same thing right everybody's trying to flip the little money that their money give that their, their mom or their dad has given them at the start of um the week um and trying to obviously make profit and that was interesting and then i remember some, a really cool story which is uh in year 10 so in year 10 um everybody's selling donuts now and like donuts is like the go-to hustle 
right? There's a few, there's a few people that are doing like other stuff. Like some people might get their mum to bring jollof rice. Some people are selling like iced satin or whatever in the summer. But like donuts is the main hustle for this time. Mad. So I remember one time, like my mum must have given me like extra money. Like, no, my dad, sorry. My dad must have given me like extra money for the week, innit? And everybody's selling donuts. So what I did is everybody used to go to this Tesco, which was closer to most people that were selling like area. So let's say, so I, I lived in Stratford. All of them lived in like East Ham, which is like 20 minutes from Stratford. But the Tesco everybody used to go is closer to East Ham rather than Stratford. So I remember waking up and imagine you're a school kid. Yeah. I remember waking up, I, I feel like at least like 5 a.m., getting ready for school 5 a.m so i woke up at 5 a.m i got my stuff ready showered whatever i was the first person at the tesco where everybody bought their donuts mad <laughs> and then what i did is i bought every single donut in the store and then the ones that i couldn't buy i hid around the store wow now when i've come into school i'm feeling like the man i've bought every donut i've hid the ones around the store i'm feeling like i'm basically going to be the king of this now this was my first lesson Tesco saw that they had sold out super early and it just made more donuts. So by the time everybody got there, when they were ready, everybody had donuts. So oh, everybody's coming into school with loads of donuts. I'm like, wait, what? Like, where'd you get in there from? They're like, yeah, Tesco. <laughs> like, I'm, I made such an L that week, but it was like a great lesson. Isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, you you can't you can't corner the market. You can't. Yeah. Tesco is just gonna make more donuts. So yeah, that was like very early on, and and that persisted anyway. Like you know, um, that that persisted throughout my 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 early teens and late teens. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's such a that's such a crazy story, and it's and it's interesting that you that you even you know, had the guts, I would say, to even want to do something like that and even had the persistency and even the determination to be like, you know what, I'm going to go and try something like that. Because most, to be fair, most school kids don't even really, really like to take the risk. If they're going to get money from their parents, they're just going to go and spend it on themselves. Um, I think, as I said, like, earlier on, I think being a bonds boy is like a personality type. Yeah. So it's, it's about, like, it's about graft. It's about excellence. Like, it, it's so interesting the 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 um just like the ethos with the school because it was like uh, admittedly like when it got to the later years we were bad kids right Every, like everybody in my year we were, we were bad kids but there was like we used to laugh at people for not being smart okay so interesting it's it's proper interesting That's because interesting. like I'll, t I'll give you an example right when I it, when when um we moved from year nine to year ten, we did a test. I can't remember what test we did in year nine, and we we go to year ten, um, and then you get your sets for year ten. So you're going to be in set one, which is the top set. Set two, which is like medium. Set three is like all right. Like now, people laugh at you because you're in set three, set four, set yeah, five, etc. Yeah. yeah. After when you're in set three below, that's like a banter thing that we're ban we're bantering you on, and it's so interesting because we were all bad kids. Yeah. But even some of our like friends were in the lower sets, but yeah. that was like a common thing. Like, okay. like if we're cussing each other, oh, you're yeah. in set three, man. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's so, um, I remember for RE, um, what going into um to from year nine to year ten, they put me in set three. It was like 
major embarrassment. Like yeah. it, it was like it was like the it was like I felt so embarrassed. Everybody obviously was laughing. That was in set three, and it was one of the first times in like my whole school life where I said, "Nah, I need to change something." And within three weeks, they put me into set back to set two because the work I smashed yeah. the work to bits. Yeah, I, like and it, I smashed the work so bad that they wanted to put me in set one. And it's it's a bit like reminiscent of like my my school life. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go set one because yeah. not all my friends were there. Let me just yeah, put me in set two. Yeah, yeah. I was happy just being in set two. Yeah. I was happy just like coasting in 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 set two. And it was like I, I did enough to always be like at that at that time, like where my friends were, where like, you know, I was comfortable. Okay. And I and just like an example of that, as I said, I started out when I did my football trial in year in year um in year seven, I was in the D team. Okay. Right. But all of my friends were in the A team that I'd been introduced to. By the time I got to year nine, I was in the A team. And that's I don't think that's ever happened. Bro. Yeah. Like Mad. when I say I used to train at home, I used to train in my park, I used to go to the, the park near me, I used to practice or whatever. And this is a kid that Rarely, I didn't start at six year old that everybody like where everybody used to play football at six and 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 develop those natural skills. This is somebody that when I first moved to my area yeah. when I was you know nine or whatever, I can't I couldn't kick a ball straight. Mad. The banner was all on me. I could not kick a ball straight. Everybody would laugh. And I, I was the last pick. Nobody wanted me on their team. To when I get to year nine. I'm now in the A team, bro. I'm now with, I'm now, I'm now like the guy, right? Not, not the guy. That's an exaggeration, but I'm, I'm on, I'm in this, I'm in the team. I'm leaving school early. I'm in the team. And then also on top of that, when it gets to year 11, so the end of year 11, when, um, so every single year, one person from each year gets like a sports tie. Okay. Which, which, so basically this sports tie, it's like, it's, so our tie used to be black and gold. Um, and, if you get a different tie, so it might be a math tie or whatever, like one person from that year has that tie, right? That means that you were the guy that year and they recognize you as that guy. By the time it got to year 11, I, 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 won, the sport, I won the last sports tie. For real. I won the last. That's a big achievement. Massive achievement, bro. And it just started from me just like believing in myself. Start from like athletics. So I was in the, I was in the athletics team and it's so interesting because I'll tell you how I got into the athletics team and how I got into the football team eventually. So the first thing, how I got into the athletics team is they were looking for someone to do shot put. Car's a bit chubby. I said, oh, I'll do shot put. I was, okay, okay, or whatever. And you know what's so interesting is, so PE is a big thing for us. And we do, so it starts from 1500 mm-hmm. and you go all the way down to 100 yeah. every, like every week. And like you try different races, right? By the time we got to 200, Everybody said, "Raw, this guy's fast." Wow! All the teachers like, "Oh, this guy." I knew, always knew I was fast, but I was. I didn't. Re- there was no. You put the effort. They didn't put the effort in, but there was no place to to test it. I remember testing it one time in the playground. Everyone said I cheated because they couldn't believe that I was that fast. Right. So when it got to like one hundred. I beat the guy who like so it was a boy who played for Arsenal. Like okay. we're still caught to this day. I beat him. So that's when the teachers were like, right, okay, this guy's fast. And I got into the athletics team and I was in the athletics team all the way to sixth form. During the first year of sixth form until I got kicked out. And then I got into the football team. And this is why I'm saying like, and I take this into like, this is what I take into my business life now yeah. is the football team needed a goalkeeper, right? I, when I got to year nine, I knew I was good enough, yeah. but there's no, there's no more trials. 
I missed the trials in year, year seven. They needed a goalkeeper. I said, you know what? I'll go and go. I knew, I'm, I'm, I can't go and go. I'm, I'm not a good goalkeeper, but I'll go and go for you guys. Play the match, went in goal. I can't remember the score of that match. Don't know like how I did. I don't know if I did good. I don't know if I did bad. I can't remember. Um, and then all of the boys were like, because at that time, I'm starting to, I started to play football outside of school and we we're all in the same team. Yeah. And then all, all of the boys that were in my team outside of school were like, nah, sir, like this guy, he's good. Like, like Seb's good at football. Like, play him on pitch or whatever. Um, so eventually when our goalkeeper came back, played me on pitch because I did a favour and I got in goal. And the thing is, no, that's, nobody thought like that. Like nobody thought, like I was super hungry. Yeah. Whatever I wanted, I was always super hungry and I yeah. found a way to say, you know what, let me do this to get in. And then once I get in, I get into my normal position where I wanted yeah. to be. And I'm not saying I was starting every match because there were players way better than me that played for academy or whatever. But every single match I was in the squad, I'll come on, I'll bang goals. I might be on the bench. I'll come on and bang goals. Oh, this person has gone away to his academy. I start, I bang goals. And I, I, I got my respect from that. Wow, wow. And uh, that's just showing the tenacity, again, um, that you had from from quite a young age. Um, where does that come from? Where do you think that comes from? I don't know, man. I think, I think two things. I think, obviously, looking at my parents, looking at how hard they work, subconsciously um you know seeing how hard they work that was one but two I think when I was a kid I think there was a desire to be accepted okay right so the desire to be accepted is where are my friends at where, where, where like I want to be more where my friends are what, what what's the cool thing to do all right cool things to play football like, all right cool like, I want to play football with my friends like I'll I think that desire to be accepted was which made me excel you know at certain things but I never, I never like took it above where my friends were, right? You know, if my friends were in this team, I never strived to go to another team and excel, right? Which I, I looking back now, I probably should have done. Or like if my friends were in this class, I never took it above them to, you know, excel and go to the the class above. And, and you know what's so fun? Like GCSE, I remember doing design and technology, and all of my friends, we used to like all play around in design and technology. And there's a guy called Mr. Merza. Shout out Mr. Merza. Um, he he's like he's a he's an Asian guy, but he grew up in East London. So he's like, but he's kind of like Mandem mm. as well. So the way he talks is like Mandem. Yeah. And he came up to us. He said to all of us that were like laughing about. It, he said, "All you men are gonna fail, you know." That's what, <laughs> that's what, he, that's what he said. He said, "All you men are gonna fail, you know." And he was right. Like we're we're all we at that time was all gonna fail. And one thing happened to me, and this is why I know I was much smarter than I I, I kind of um I, I I gave myself credit for because I did some, I got in trouble for something kind of I was in an exclusion zone for like a week, right? When I was in an exclusion zone for a week, the coursework for that design and technology uh, GCSE I battered it. Like I the the stuff I was doing like onto this day, the focus I had in that exclusion zone when it's just me in this one class and no nothing else yeah. was insane yeah bro like my practical work everybody thought it was going to be a joke but one once like it came out everybody's like right this is sick like it was like a mirror with a draw and two hands it was like whatever i end up getting a beat everyone else gets everyone's false so i always knew like you know when i was on my own thing like i could go over and beyond over and beyond but when I was like with my friends and whatever, it was just in a desire to just 
be accepted and yeah. maintain this cool thing that I got thrown into in year seven. Yeah. It was just like, I'm thrown into this world. I just want to maintain it. I can't blame you that, to be honest, I mean, that's like most of us, right? We always want to, you know, like I was saying before, like we want to be part of a circle, right? And we want to stay in that circle when you're young, right? That's all you know, isn't it? And yeah. in the, the day, it's not like you got anything else. You ain't got a career at that point. You haven't got your own business. You don't have like a family in that sense, like your own type of family, like wife and that and kids. So you, that's kind of like your family, right? Mm. Uh, that you want to kind of stick to. Um, did uni happen for you? Did you, did you, did you? No, did you I, you? I, I didn't go uni. Okay. So, um... Uh, when I got to A levels, um, I was actually taking football serious. So okay. I went on like a few trials to a few clubs um, in League Two and League One at the time, and my teacher was saying to me, "Listen, like A levels isn't a joke. You know, um, you need to focus." And I wasn't really taking it serious. I just was on playing football. So um, when I got my AS levels, on top of that, and this is like a godsend anyway. So on top of that. Like there was a lot of trouble in my year at the time, a lot of trouble in the area at the time with like several things happening. You know, I, I, a year before I'd lost like a friend of mine uh, to like knife crime, which was, it was, it was interesting. Like I didn't know how it affected me until I kind of, you know, was until probably like a later, later age. Right. Then I look back and say, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, so like I, I was, you know, wasn't really taking it serious. And then um, I failed the AS levels. On top of that, I wasn't really the best kid. And it's so interesting. I saw this teacher three months ago. The recently? Recently. Okay, I saw this teacher. Mad. And this was my favorite teacher, by the way. And he's, he was, uh, at that time, he had t he's taken a new position as, um, he was like uh, in charge of sixth form. And he had he had said to me like, listen, um, maybe like exam is isn't for you, um, and maybe try a B tech. And at that time, I felt like again, I, I told you that you know we always wanted to be smart. Yeah. So being told because there was a negative connotation. Now I know better. Yeah. But being told, oh rah, you got to do B tech. I thought rah, like my like I was smashed because you got. I've been in this school since year seven to now this is like the same sixth form like this is all i know right i didn't like i was i was i ain't gonna lie i was gutted but you know ultimately that decision probably saved my life because there's a lot of things going on out out of school that i, I couldn't focus on exams long term short because there was a lot of things that were going on outside of school where i was like you know this is happening, that's happening. You're just getting thrown into different situations because of, you know, friends and whatnot. And luckily, when I when he when I did get kicked out, the the only college I could get into at that time, because the AS levels were bad and um and just because of timing as well. And I still wanted to play football, so I was looking for a college to play football in, um, was a college like far in Essex called Haverin. Okay. And um, yeah, just going there. Even though, you know, I, I, you know, like at the time when I got kicked out and I went to Haverin, um, I kind of took it as a joke 
like the work was so easy, you know. Now I'm, I'm now I'm doing the B Tech, but the B Tech is we're getting me and my boy and me and my close friends. We both like left our six ones at the same time. He was in another six one, I was in this one. So like this is like my best friend until today, by the way. And um, we're getting a hundred marks out of everything, and we're like laughing each other. If I get like one mark wrong, yeah, we're like because we're both smart, right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, I went there and it it, it kind of like. Uh, kept me away from like all of the things that were going on and there was a lot of things going on and I felt like maybe for like the first year you know just because of where I live you're still kind of like in and around the things yeah. you're not all the way you know involved or whatever but um, eventually you know things happen and you just cut off everything and I think that was like the first time I took a decision that was like for myself like and when I mean for myself, I mean thinking about the the big, big picture and saying, okay, it's time to literally cut off everything you know. You cut off everything you know, and it's time to recreate the life that you really want. Right. You've you've got some you've got some um some attributes here that you've learned across along the way, but it's time for you to just cut everything off because this whole what's going on right now is is, is toxic. People are dying. People are, and, and, and at that stage, I'd already tried to like, you know, slowly under, like, you know, drift away. But eventually you're just like, all right, you need to make a hard cut. So, you know, everybody on BBM, delete everybody, yeah. everyone from every, like, I just totally like got rid of everything that was toxic. And I, yeah, I started to make a laugh for myself. And I think they'll, they'll, for, for a few years, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of, like um hatred towards like everything but eventually i found my way and i think i think that's the most important thing condolences to your friend as well Sorry. i think you know when you grow up in certain areas this is the real right when you grow up in certain areas it is toxic you know one one is toxic two you're, you're quite young you don't even maybe don't even know what you're involved in the people that themselves don't even know what they're involved in they don't even know where their anger is right and then three, mental health. Mental health is such a is such a important thing these days. I know a lot more people are speaking up about it, but like if you lose somebody close to you, it does have a big impact on you. you don't, and sometimes you don't realize it. But even as a man, you don't even want to accept that because you're like, nah, 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 I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. And that's what you get told anyway, that you need to be strong. You need to like, you know, muscle it up. Um, but these things can affect you. They can affect you. you yeah, know? man, they, they affect you. I think for me, like I'd lost so when I got to year nine, I think I was, uh, yeah, I'd lost my, my first close friend, but that was um, like a, a, a car crash, right? So this was my best friend who actually, funny enough, taught me how to play football well. Okay. And this was actually a girl. Not many people know about this, but this is actually okay. a girl. Okay, right? she, she was sick. Like she was one, one of the best footballers like I've, onto this day, like I'd seen, right? And when I'd go... Um, when I'd go like to the area and visit her or whatever, she lived like way out, and um, she, like we'd play football consistently. And me playing football with her and me wanting to be that—that that was w one of the key reasons that I eventually got. Her. And um, she died in a car crash, and then obviously when I was sixteen, one of my friends died, uh, that um, died of like knife crime, and then people in the area died of like other stuff that you'd rub shoulders with and whatever. So by the time I'd got to like like including maybe like my grandma, or whatever. By the time I'd got to like seventeen, for like I'd lost like four or five people already. So you know you've got that you've got that like there was like a year that I did rebel, but 
I'm actually quite proud of myself because I didn't rebel too much. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I rebelled for like a year, right? And um, I mean, maybe like anger come out in like different ways or whatever um, throughout the years, but um, I didn't go, I didn't do too many, too much bad stuff, I'd say. Like I didn't do, didn't do, didn't do some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, that's the thing. I mean, like you said, anger's got to come out in, in different ways and you're younger, right? How do you know, I mean, how you got to know how, how you need to react in a certain situation. And even the people, they, they may not know either. Cause like, let's be real, man. We're, we're moving to this country. Our parents are moving to this country. They're trying to figure out stuff themselves, you know? Facts. Um, so yeah, it's mad. And at what point in your journey, so, so you, you went to, you know, this new college, at what point in your journey did Lasso Las come in or were you doing, did you do a few other businesses before that? Do yeah. A few other things before so, that? um, just to, yeah. So what happened is, so I'm in college, do the second year and you know what, actually my first year, halfway through the first year, somebody that I know dies and then I stopped doing the work. Okay. Right. So I stopped doing the work. I kind of go down a little spiral issue and credit to the teacher who was like, he went to me at the end of the year, he said to me and my friends like, wait, there was a drastic change. How the hell did you guys start from a hundred percent to not doing no work? And um, yeah, we spoke to him and just said, listen, this is what's happened or whatever. And he, he, he gave us the benefit of the doubt. He said, listen, answer these questions will pass you for the first year don't think that's ever happened as well. Like, but credit to him because if he had kicked us out there, I said, this is probably a different story. Do you know what I'm saying? So anyway, did college, uh, finish off college. And then, um, I think when I get to like 20, so I'm working, um, I, I go get, a, I go get, I do a painting and decorating course. Cause my mom was like, listen, you need to do something, something. And then, um, I get a job as apprentice painting and decorator on the underground because it's night work. I'm able to like save up a lot of money. Okay. I, then me and my friends, the same friend I went to college with plus another friend, we invest in, um, some cars. We didn't know what we was doing. Okay. So it was going like auction. And, but again, we're waking up early. We think that we're hustling. We're waking up six. Right. We're driving to wherever this auction is. And we're like, like first we, we spent like at least a month just driving to auctions and then just looking at how it runs. I think we was a bit scared as well. Yeah. And then we got to, we got to a time where it was like, all right, cool. Like let's start bidding. So eventually we start bidding, bidding, bidding. We brought like three cars. I remember we bought three cars in one go. We bought, a Peugeot 206, we bought a <laughs> Fiesta Z-Tech, but it was like high litre. We bought a Renault Megane high litre, two cars that we fucked up on. So instantly the Peugeot 206 went. I think we made like £600. You split it between us, £200 profit each. But then because the full Fiesta Z-Tech was a high litre and the Renault Megane was a high litre, those cars weren't budging. So what happened is because they'd been parked outside my house for so, so long, um, the neighbours, because they couldn't get parking spaces, somebody obviously said that, you know, some, I feel like someone snitched or someone checked that these cars weren't insured. Anyway, they got told, went to, um, so they got told, found where they were, had to bring them back. So lost money on that. It would cost us to bring them back and uh, to, to bring them back and, um, and to to insure them, cost a shitloads of money. Ended up sending them to auction for like half the price. Man. Me and my boy, my close boy, didn't give up. We went again to another auction. We bought a new car, new ZTE, a new Ford Fiesta. We parked outside our friend's house. Obviously, he's not selling for like maybe a week, two weeks. 
our friend calls us, your car's been stolen. So that was the end of that. So, you know, that was the end of that. We were like, okay, cool. So I started, so as I said, I was a, a pr- apprentice painter and decorator. And then the Crossroad project was starting. And from a pr- apprentice pr- painter and decorator, I'd paid for courses myself. And, you know, this company didn't want to pay for courses. Like, were, if I'm being honest, there were a bunch of racists. They didn't want to pay for no courses for me. So I paid for them out of my own wages. That's mad. By the time I left the company, but there was one guy who wasn't, who was one of like the head people. He loved me. So by the time I left, by the time I left the company, I was a site person in charge. So I'd worked my way up. Yeah. So then I went to the um, overground uh, which were and they were doing a crossroad project and I did some courses and I become an electrical engineer and again because it's nighttime you get paid like quite well um, and then I'd saved up money and then what happened and how we come to Las Olas is um, in 2017 my girlfriend bought back a rum from Panama and that was the first time I had a rum outside of you know you know the obvious names that yeah. everybody orders and Captain whatever Morgan's exactly and, yeah. and I was like wow this 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 is interesting like um. This is the first time I've like had a rum that tasted like this and it tasted really nice. So I made like a joke. We were going to New York in 2017. I was like, listen, every time we go somewhere, I'm just going to order premium spirits. But I remember like, you know, doing some research and saying, right, like, okay, what does this mean? What does EXO mean? What does VSOP mean? Like, I was just interested. So then when I got to New York, uh, I remember going to New York, I remember I was going to restaurants and I'm ordering like expensive drinks, right? Because I'm, I'm intrigued in the spirits industry. So she knew that. And um, I remember like buying a bottle of alcohol from New York. And then um, she got me a rum tasting for my birthday of 2018. Wow. Because she knew that I love rum. And I learned about the history of rum. And I was like, wow, like, why don't people know about the history of rum, right? You know, how interlinked to slavery it was, how slaves from Africa were taken to the Caribbean and the techniques that they used to create palm wine. It's the same techniques that they used to create rum from like the sugar cane. And first it was a thing that only the slaves drank. And then eventually one curious white guy, one curious slave trader, sorry, you know, was like, oh, what are you guys drinking? then started then and 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 from then it's like you know taken to like different places and you know become what it was but it it starts from that right and I was like wow like why don't people know about this right Uh, and um yeah I, I felt like it you know things like that needed to change um and before the rum tasting we'd actually booked a trip to Barbados and I went to, it's so interesting because I was like, we were, I wanted to go elsewhere. I wanted to go to Jamaica before Barbados. I wanted to go Barbados the year after, but it's so great that it turned out that I, I listened to my girlfriend went Barbados first because I was able to go to like distilleries like, um, what's, what distilleries are going to? Not um, Mount Gay. So we went to Mount Gay Distillery, uh, learned about the process of rum. And then I was like, all right, cool. But before I'd gone, I'd, I, because I was so interested in spirits, I told my friends, listen, like I think I'm going to start like an alcohol company. Okay. I'm thinking about vodka or whatever because I'm so interested. And the only reason why I was thinking about vodka, and this is about, and this is why it's super important about imposter syndrome. The reason why I was thinking about vodka is because at that time, there was not a black person with a rum brand. Yeah. I was like, I can't like, you know, if you can visualize it, you can become it. But there was no vision. There was no person with a rum brand, a black person, where I was like, oh, yeah, like, I see myself in you. You can, like, I want to be you. So 
I was thinking about vodka because I thought, oh, I've seen P. Diddy do this. This might be easy to do. Yeah. And okay. I've always heard of people doing vodkas. But my girlfriend was said to me, she was like, listen, you're learning about rum. You know about rum. Like you're in Barbados. Like you're, you're, you love rum. Like why the hell would you do a vodka? Facts. So I was like, you know what? That's true. You know? And then I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do a rum. And at that time I didn't know how I was going to do a rum. But like anything, you know, Google Google's your best friend. Um, you know, you can hustle anything. You can you can get to know anything. And I I, I come back and I got my, my my two friends and I was like, listen, I want to start this rum business, right? This is what this is what it is. This is what um, I, I think it's it's gonna do well in the market because one thing I see is that the the bottom of the like spice rum has always been known as like a party drink. But I wanna. I want to I wanna make a premium spice rum, not because I want spice rum itself to be premium, but because I feel like the category needs this. The category, the rum category needs a premium product from a diverse founder with a real story to tell. Yeah. There's loads of fake stories out there. Like loads of people go to agencies, get agency to co-op some fake story and then say, oh, they believe in this. But for me, this is real. Like yeah. this is like this, like this, bottle like our tagline is, is distilled in Barbados and Jamaica by design in London design in London means like you know the heritage it's like a London brand yeah bro it represents everybody from like from like London but you know it still has the heritage of the rum industry and I, I went to you know we, we made sure that we got rum from reputable uh factories yeah. white rum I and mean, then we bring it to the UK and we spice it here in the UK but it's super important that people know that look, look this is a London brand. It's a real story. It's a young black guy with, that started with, you know, his friends. We weren't, we didn't, we didn't have millionaire backers at the start. We didn't have, you know, um, this person and that person. We hustled and we started up by ourselves. And, you know, we want to bring a taste of culture, a taste of London culture, a taste of real authentic culture to, to like everywhere we go. Yeah, bro. That's this is why I love love the, love this podcast because I get to hear amazing stories like this. It's like it's such a crazy story. And you know what I loved about that is when you said that you didn't even know anything about rum, but you still were like, you know what, I'm still gonna do this anyway. Yeah, right? I didn't know I didn't know where I could buy it. I didn't know like how I could produce it. I just loved the category. I was collecting rum at that time. Before I'd like buy rum from different shops and whatever. And I remember going to a rum festival. And um, when I got back and I went to this rum festival and there was no black owned brands. And I remember there was a lady selling rum cakes. It was a Jamaican lady. And we looked at each other. We just shook our heads. When we shook our heads, we both had that like telepathic thing. We was both speaking. We was like, listen, how the hell it was like, is, is there no black owned brands in this, in this, in this industry? And I'm not saying that the whole industry has to be black owned, right? I'm just saying there has to be some representation, right? There has to be people that look like me that grew up in culture, right? There's so many brands now that like, whether they're in music or whatever, like, bro, like, you know, music has always been, you know, at the forefront of my culture. I grew, like when I say St. Bonds is a massive thing, you know, it's people that go St. Bonds, like whether it's football, you got Jermaine Defoe, but if we're talking about music, we got, I don't know if you heard of like Nasty Crew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got like Griminal, Marcus yeah. Nasty, all went to Bonds, Tinchy Strada, St. Bonds. You know, you got, um, 
you got uh, Gracious K, like fucking f- Funky House. Yeah. St. Yeah, Bonds, yeah, Travel Man, K. Funky House. <laughs> Saint, like St. Bonds is culture, bro. Yeah. Like it's the real culture and that's what shaped me. So that's why this brand is as authentic as it can be, bro. Yeah, yeah. And is is exactly what you're saying, right? Something that was created by us, at least we should have some ownership in it. I think ownership from yeah. a black perspective is 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 super important. I wanted to ask you, in terms of like finding like what was that process like? Like finding like the places to distill. Were you like flying back out to like yeah. Barbados every like every week or every month to, I mean, to find somebody? I, I mean like, you know, so I went Barbados in two thousand and eighteen and then in two thousand and nineteen Early on, I went to Jamaica, Guatemala, Belize, Honduras, um, Mexico. What a trip. Um, And it was just like enlightening, man. It was enlightening, like seeing like, you know, seeing different distilleries, seeing um, people from like different heritage that whether it goes back to like Africa, uh, seeing or whether it goes back to the Caribbean or native Caribbeans or native West Indians, should I say, um, just like like learning about so many things there. Um eventually you know it's, it's so interesting so the first batch of rum that we was gonna get was from a distillery in the uk and um because it took us so long to get the licenses which is a thing in itself the distillery in the uk turned around like at the very last minute and said um your your contract isn't viable for us so i'd already told people i'm creating a rum I'd already created the logo. I'm already like talking about it on Twitter and all of these other things. And this distillery has told me, yeah, like, you know, your contract is viable for us. But also, um, a, a blessing in disguise is they wasn't going to give me the recipe. And the, the the difference between me and other people is the recipe that's in this bottle is something that I've worked with people to to produce like i've said i want like i've tested this out i want to put this in i want to put that in it i've changed this out or whatever the people that i've worked with have just scaled it they've just did it at a bigger but i tested this out and you know wanted to try complex flavors so when they pulled out it's so funny because when they pulled out i then was like oh like all right i'm done like what can i do but what i did and this is like super interesting is I sat on my bed. I remember being in my mum's house and I sat on my bed at the time and I was like, I, I put on like five minutes of Eric Thomas. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's bro, my guy. Bro, he lifted my spirits, bro. Yeah, that's what he does. As soon as he lifted my spirits, I was like, right, who do I know? All right. God is like amazing because I was like, all right, this guy trains the son of a guy who founded a famous restaurant. So he may know somebody in the alcohol industry. So I reach out to this guy and say, can you introduce me to this guy? Of course, like it's a bit weird, but I'm like, please, like this is what's happened. He introduces me to the guy who founded um, this famous restaurant and the guy who founded the famous restaurant. I say to him, listen, this is what's happened. Do you have anybody in your network in the alcohol industry? He puts me in contact with three people. Two people don't reply. One person does reply, and the person that does reply is, you know, somebody who is well-renowned in the alcohol industry, who co-founded one of, like, the biggest companies in the alcohol industry, and he actually helped me source the base white rum. Okay. And it come through this distillery saying, you know, they can't do my contract. 
That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. And you see, this is the thing sometimes like, you know, you could have just given up and been like, you know what, that's it. I'm done. I, I And it would failed, right? Yeah. But you're like, no, nah, you know what? Listen to some motivational. Yeah. Eric Thomas, you did your thing. And then for me personally, this is where it becomes like very, very interesting when you start branching out to your network and then to actually take the action to go and do something. You know, I think that it always takes you only you always need that chance, that one chance for somebody to 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 give you, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like in that situation, they could have been like, oh, who's this guy, man? Why am yeah. I why am I why am I gonna give him a chance? You know what I mean? But you know what he probably thought? He probably thought, you know what, this guy's serious actually. Sure. He's actually gone through a situation and now he's coming to me. I see something in him. Like, I don't know why he helps me because I, you know, he obviously, the guy trains his son in football and him showing me his network, the, like the original, I don't know why he helped me because yeah, maybe he's just like, a, like, I think he's a nice guy because I've met him after that and we've spoken or whatever. And then him introduced me to another guy who's a super nice guy and grew up near where I grew up. Okay. So I, he, feel he like, understood. I feel like he understood, man. And then. You know, yeah, just like it, I'm on, I'm trying to do something different. Yeah. You know, people secretly root for me because they're like, oh, this kid come from like a, a relatively like poor background, quote unquote. I wouldn't say poor, but like I'd say, you know, not middle class yeah. or not wealthy. Um, So he comes from that background and then he comes from, um, and then, you know, he's going against the establishment. You know, there's brands where, you know, have have had like a, a, a bit of a buffer or have had like all of the money or whatever. So people yeah. like root for it that, oh, this guy's trying something. Like you're trying, and, and, and at the end of the day, all you can do is try, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, like you don't have to be, like having a failed business doesn't mean you're a failed entrepreneur. Exactly. Like, 100%. like you're not a failed entrepreneur, bro. Um, an, an entrepreneurship is hard. I don't recommend it for everybody, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. listen, like, you know, if you fail or, or if you're trying something and you fail, bro, you just go again, man. Exactly. You, exactly. So the design for the bottle, where did that come from? Because that's, I really rate that design. That's a mad design. You designed this before, after you met the guy that helped uh, you out. So that's a good question. I feel like I've probably designed it after. This is like a second version of it. No, do you know what's so interesting is the only thing that's changed is the print on the back. Okay. But, um, bro, do you know what's so interesting? So I got introduced to a guy who done graphics. He's like cool now. And I, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, but I didn't like his work. Okay. But the only thing I liked, so he sent me different iterations of the design. And the only re thing I liked was the waves, but the waves were in white. Okay. So... I then asked around, and shall I tell you a, a quick funny story? Is in 2018, you see, uh, KSI, yeah, Logan, uh, all um, the first YouTube fight they had, yeah, I was a sparring partner for all of the YouTubers, really, yeah. So okay. I, I boxed before, like previously, like I boxed before, so I was a sparring partner, and because they all went to my gym, so I was cool with them, so I was cool with like, um, um, Gib. Um, who just fought recently um, and I was cool with so and then I'd see KSI in the gym but KSI was training with one of my boys and I knew one of my boys through 
uh, a guy that used to go to my secondary school is his cousin, but he's okay. a PT in our gym now. So he's training with KSI. And we're saying, cool, cool, cool. And I'm like, yeah, I used to like, I used to box like, let's spar, right? Yeah. So eventually I end up becoming like one of their sparring partners with all of them. So nice. all of the YouTubers that start. So I eventually become the sparring partner for all of the YouTubers. And one of them introduced me to another guy uh, who helped him like design like a, a protein shake or whatever. Okay. So this guy then had some like other he I can't remember might have done done the word and that's all that's right okay he might have done the wording for me and then I was like you know what get everything in gold and put it low like I remember I must have said hey. something like that or whatever because in my head I was like trying to you know I'm not a design guy but I'm tr- I'm putting all the pieces in my head yeah and I'm just saying can you just do this man. and then once he did this I just I just ran with it man wow yeah, wow yeah, wow wow yeah, I'm sure you got a lot of good feedback from it yeah it looks premium it, man. yeah man people love it and that and that that's the aim man that's the aim it's crazy it's expensive man. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so so you got this spice rum is any plans to bring out any other versions of it different flavors I, i'm i'm not too sure because you know we might bring out like an age rum but it'll be like limited edition okay um we are working on maybe like a cheaper version still premium okay but like more so something like way more accessible yeah that um people can just pick up Whereas like this is, I feel like most people buy this for gifting, gifting okay. purposes. Uh, we, you know, it, it's like 40, 40 pounds, right? So, yeah. you know, like picking up a bottle quite frequently for 40 pounds is expensive. Yeah. Um, and we do appreciate that people just, people buy it for gifts and especially like, you know, coming up to Christmas, it's probably like our busiest time and that's what people will do. Yeah. Um, we are working on like something slightly cheaper, which is going to be more accessible, but still premium. And then we also will be working on a, a age rum, um, which will be more expensive than this. Okay. Yeah. Were you worried about like the pricing for it when you first come out? Was Were you like, ah, I don't know, man. Just, uh, I did. Um, so originally... This bottle was going to be, if if this bottle was £30, which is, at the time, was probably going to be still one of the most expensive, which is one of my original ideas before we launched, I probably would be bankrupt now. Because the bottle, yes, the bottle is so expensive. Okay. I, I didn't get my finances right. Last minute, I did a tasting for Uber, Shah April. Uh, one of my friends, she's not no longer Uber, she's at Snap now. Um, and she basically saw the brand online and she was oh, she saw I was doing this brand and she was like, I'll come into Uber and do a tasting. So okay. I had like one bottle. I think I remember I had a sample bottle and I had the rum. So I did a tasting at Uber uh, for Black History Month. Yeah. And um, one of the ladies was like, how much is it going to be? I was like, I think 30, 30. I'm not too sure. 35. She's like, it's too cheap. She's like, make it 35 pounds. Like whatever. And I remember her saying that and me going back over the finance, I was like, rah, she saved my life. Because <laughs> if this was for, like, you know what I'm saying? And then um, now, you know, it went up to 40 pounds and we're thinking about another uh, 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 raise of the price. The only reason being is because the price of everything is so expensive now, yeah, man. Yeah. So basically our manufacturer used to have a, a factory in Ukraine. So our manufacturer from Barcelona okay. and their factory got bombed. So our mold for our bottle does not exist anymore. And then also on top of that, the price of the sand. That what does that mean, the mold? So that? basically, all every bottle is made from a mold. So okay. the mold will be the shape, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But the actual mold yeah. like, got like got destroyed in the factory. Oh, wow. Right? So actual mold for the bottle. Oh, actual mold God. for the bottle got destroyed and it's super expensive. So um, now, um, 
and then also like so now we have to get a new mold the price of the sand um is way expensive the price of gas obviously because of the war is like four times the price or like you know double the price the price of uh pallets which is the wooden things which you stack things on when you're sending them they're like four times the price there is a shortage of cardboard to pack so by time you you take into consideration all of those things plus brexit and having to use a middleman importer instead of sending it straight you're like we're barely making any money on this like anymore because everything's just it's just gone up so you know we're thinking of like making it 45 pounds but still we're either going to make it 45 pounds or you know, maybe just bring out a short, a smaller version at a cheaper price where we can make a bit of margin because, yeah, as I said, like everything is just so expensive right now. That's crazy. And you know what's crazy, yeah, is that all these things that are going on in the world, you wouldn't even think it would have an impact on your brand. <laughs> I didn't even think that it would have a, a war in Ukraine is going to have an impact on yeah. your your businesses, the gas prices and all of these other things. That's mad. Like, And the, th- and the thing is, it's so funny. It's like, Well, it's not funny, sorry. The thing is, look, with me, it's like, it's like, look, you know, I'm I'm able to do this. I'm going to strategize and we're going to get through it. But the reason why I don't make a big song and dance about it is because it's a war. So people yeah. are dying, bro. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, my business is being heavily affected. And of course, like I, I'm going to try my best to, to, to make sure that we navigate this in the best way possible and make sure that we, we you know, you know, we, we just do what's best for the brand. But yeah. I can't like cry about it because ultimately... People are going to war. People are dying, and there's like more important things um, than the the price of my bottle or the price of the gas. Yeah, you know, I'm not too sure. I'm not too clued up clued up with the situation, but um, yeah, as I said, like there's more important things, and whatever's going on there is just way more important. Yeah, no, no, I definitely, definitely hear that. Is there like any competitors that you do you see yourself competing with anybody in particular? You just I, like now we ain't got no competition. I wouldn't say like you know competitors there's obviously brands bigger brands that are trying to market in the same space really? whether that okay. be in the rum category or be in other categories there are obviously other brands that are trying to market it in, in this space right and it, it just validates the space for us so yeah. it's not something that i worry about you know obviously what they see they see you know culture they see the music they see the art they see the fashion the style and they're like oh right this is really cool right so how can we be part of this yeah, 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 the only problem we face, I'd say, is like they've got loads of money, right? Yeah. So we have to be creative. So, and the thing is, what we do, what we're currently understanding is that, um, yeah, so what I currently understand is that, um, if I, if we're being honest, it's like some people are like, listen, where's the money? We don't care if you're black owned. Where's where's the money? And some people are like, oh, right, like they're black owned, like we'd love to help them. So. It's just navigating that, yeah. seeing who can work with us. And the thing is, when we're, we're, I refuse to get stuck up for marketing money on budget or whatever because, you know, we're trying to do something good here. We don't want to pay, like, of course you're going to have to pay people, but the money, I don't want the money to be why you mess with us. Yeah, I want you to mess with a brand first and when we're able to afford it, say, all right, cool, like, here's this because it becomes more of a partnership and it becomes exactly. more authentic exactly rather than oh you know let's just throw hundreds of thousands at the, these people or let's you know let's uh, do this and let's do this and let's hire this person let's throw millions in this space that's that's all fun and well but 
do these people really drink the brand? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's and that's the thing. There's there's a lot of money out there at the end of the day, right? That you that you can get if you really wanted to just get it from anybody. And I think, like you said, it's important that it's people that's actually supporting you and not gonna just pull the plug because like they're not getting the returns that they think that they're gonna get. But I think over the long term, definitely, I think I feel, I feel like the brand's gonna win. Yeah, for sure. I I I, I see. If, like I have ultimate belief in this brand, bro. Like I mean. You know, we survived the pandemic and, you know, the pandemic, you're so mad, the pandemic kicked in like six months after we launched, yeah. right? Or like three months after, four months after we launched, right? And every single day in the pandemic, I was packing boxes, bro. Every That's day. Mad. Every day. I didn't take a rest. I didn't, I didn't like, bro, my, my daughter, my daughter was born in the pandemic. Wow. The day my daughter was born, I was in my warehouse making sure that everything's going to run smoothly. One of my boys who had another business in the in the same warehouse unit had to tell me, bro, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll help you, bro. It's fine. Like like wow. go go to the hospital, bro. Like I because what I what I believe and ultimately what I what I what I've come to realize is customers don't care if your <laughs> if your house is on fire, <laughs> if you know if you 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 you've got one if you've got one leg if you've got you know if you've got one arm or whatever where is their parcel where's my parcel and i want my parcel now right but ultimately as well as they don't care what you're going through and they want their parcel and what they pay for which is rightly so i believe customer service is at the is is the top thing right it's a it's the reason why a lot of people still come back to us and we have repeat purchase rates and what it's because of the customer service and we try to resolve issues very very quick and our delivery is like quite quick quick right so yeah ultimately i was just making sure on the day my daughter was born I was in the warehouse packing boxes. The day after, went pack boxes, and I continued until um, I outsourced the logistics. Okay, do you know what I'm saying? Mad. But until Mad. then, I was it's just me, bro. That's just packing, crazy. Packing. Just you and your, yeah, on your own. I'd say like a few times I had some help, um, but ultimate, but the majority of the time it was just me packing wow. boxes every single day. Wow, bro, just hustling, grind, bro. hustling. Grind. And how did you get the word out there as well? So. How I started is shout out um, MK from DLT is um, I was known for not really going out. Right. So like I'd be on like online on Twitter. It's so funny because me and MK were playing like FIFA one time um, and he found a DLT and we was on like headset and he was like, you know what, man, I'm thinking of starting this thing, like a brunch, man, a brunch, like, because him and uh, Anthony, who was also in DLT, yeah. he also founded DLT, used to live in America, and they used to go brunches in New York, and they weren't brunches here at the time. They brought brunches here, so now you okay. see... Okay, br- yeah, because I was yeah. thinking, like, where did brunches they come from? They, at they one point, no, we didn't have that, There man. weren't no brunches yeah. there, right? And they were like, yeah, bro, like, this is what happens in the US. And then he was like, yeah, I'm thinking of bringing it here. And he's like, we're going to have our first one, da 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 whatever, whatever. Right. Just, bro, it started bare small, man. And I was synonymously, I was known for not going out. Okay. So I think it might have been maybe like the third or fourth one they did. I remember they did like Proud Embankment or whatever. And I came. And that was like a big thing. That was the first time I came. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro. Man's I'm out. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, bro. Like, this guy's actually out, right? So I came out. I saw the vibe. The vibe was sick, beautiful. So then... I said to him, like I said to MK, I was like, listen, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna start a brand. Um, this is what I wanna do. First, I'm gonna start with the cups. 
because I'd all I think I'd I'd always I learned about like lost leaders, right? Yeah. So I had like cups, not these cups, I had some black cups with like LO on them, right? And um so every DLT I'd like can I sponsor the cups. So I buy the cups, I sponsor it. It was so mad. I have so many boxes of cups in my mum's house. Crazy. My very mom, smart. My mum, my mum was like, Oh, you selling cups? My mum didn't know what I was doing. She's like, you selling. I was like, nah, mum, this is the marketing. So every DLT, I'll sell cups. So sometimes when DLT are doing things, let's say they did they're doing um uh what do you call it? doing a slushy machine, yeah, they'll go in the cups or whatever. People will be like, Oh, is that your alcohol in the cups? I won't say nothing, going like oh, whatever, whatever. But these times I didn't have no no rum. Then eventually I got a prototype bottle. Okay. And I put in a different rum in that prototype bottle, but it had the same colour. Okay. So I remember going to another DLT in Canary Wharf and people taking pictures with this bottle. So everyone's like, oh, this bottle's hard or whatever. And then sorry, just before that, so um DJ Maximum is like a, a, a one of my boys I know from like the area or whatever. Um, he was doing something called No Mercy. Um, and those like all that like, gets and all of these other people would go to No Mercy. I remember having like just a picture of what the prototype could look like and showing all these artists and like, what do you think? What do you think? They were like, yeah, yeah. some artists were like giving me time and like, oh, this is cool. Some artists were like, yeah, I don't drink, but I've seen them drink and like they weren't really like fucking with man or whatever, which is fine or whatever. And then also on that day, I was sitting by the bar and I was listening to how people ordered. Can okay. I have a rum and coke? Can I have a rum and coke? Nobody was mentioning brands by name. Yeah. So anyway, when I get to DLT, fast forward now, now I've got the bottle. Now people are like, oh, this bottle's hard. Like they've got the cups. People are taking pictures with these, with these bottles. So everybody would always see me with this one bottle. Yeah. I bring my bag, one bottle. People taking pictures with the bottle. People knowing that. I'm, then eventually I got uh, I got the rum. Yeah. So people trying the rum. It's like, this is hard. Da, 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 da. And then I remember the summer of 2019 before we launched, maybe like two, three months before we launched, I had like the, the rum first. I didn't have all of the bottles. The bottles were coming like a couple of months later. And I sponsored a bottomless brunch at DLT with just the rum or whatever. So... Uh, their rum punch so people got to try it plus they had the cups or whatever uh, sorry plus they had the cups as well um and then yeah like people got to try it and then also i had hoodies that said hello okay so then i, I saw like I, I got to test if people would buy things from me so when they had uh, like we sold we sold out of the hoodies nice. people were buying the hello hoodies people were wearing the hello hoodies. people still have these hoodies until today people still wear these hoodies until today right so and then like everywhere I go, I just had the cups. I remember my friend having a festival. Um, she used to work at uh, a company. She used to work at like Live Nation, okay. and uh, they did a festival um, in like Croydon. And I remember going to the VIP area and replacing everybody's cups with LO cups. There was a big brand sponsor in it. I was just replacing everybody's <laughs> cups. I was hustling, I love bro. That. Like mad, yeah, I was hustling, man. Wow, 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 like you did everything to get your your name out there and, and and you definitely did get your name out there like you've been featured um Stormzy yeah shout out Stormzy man like Stormzy put, rated put, your yeah put us as one of his three favorite rums yeah. um in a guardian in a guardian evening standard yeah, as well yeah. but out of all of those what would you say is the biggest success for Las Olas out of all of all of those things that have happened for you is the biggest success like of course, you know, getting a Stormzy recognition is like, a, 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 it gave me a boost and that come out of a bad moment. Yeah. Because we had paid for a videographer slash photographer to shoot a bunch of content for us. Long story short, won't bore you with the details, but he ran, ran away with the content, right? Why? So, 
he he one I think like he drank too much on the shoot because um, you should always drink responsibly. So he yeah. drank too much on the on the shoot. He forgot to do certain things on the shoot, and then he just ran away. Right, ran. He gave me two wow. videos of ran away. So that was my whole marketing plan. Right. So I, I and I had some videos that went quite viral on Twitter with some of the videos I shot. I'll send you later, which was a really cool video. Yeah. And nobody nobody was doing that as well. So like even until today, nobody was shooting the videos that we yeah. shot when we first come out, which obviously separate us from yeah, like everybody from else. Rest, so yeah. anyway, he ran off. So I've reached out to my friend, so my same friend that had the festival. Shout out Whitney. She's oh, amazing. One of, uh, another reason why I'm here alongside with my girlfriend of NK and I've, so many people anyway. So shout out Whitney and she's very close with like a lot of artists. And I say, listen, can you get a bottle to Wretch? I just wanted Wretch to take a picture with this bottle. Um, and she says, oh, she see what she can do. So then um, she reached out to me maybe like two, three days later. She's like, oh, uh, something, she says something about Stormzy, but you know, it, I'm not really thinking anything of it because I'm just like, mm, whatever. Um, and then a guy reaches out to me via email. But again, I think I, at this time, I think it's a scam. <laughs> he reached out to from from email and he says, listen, can you send a bottle of Las Olas to, I think, Seville in Spain? He said, but this is a Wednesday. He said, I need it by Saturday, right? At that time, I think I'd sold my card. Did I sell my card? I think I'd sold my card at the time. I can't remember. But at that time, I was like, oh, shit, all right. I don't know how to package and send this shit to Spain. It's like, I've never done anything like yeah. this before, right? I literally just launched like a month ago, right? So this is crazy to me. Anyway, um, I, I managed to just get random shit from the post office, yeah. package this thing well, bro. Making sure this bottle don't break. <laughs> send two bottles just in case. Packaging this thing, packaging this nah. uh, this bottle. And then um, I go to the post office so I, I Google, how do you send things to Spain? I go to the post office. Don't don't know because alcohol is different. It's weird. Yeah. Don't I go to the post office? Yeah. The post office is closed. Yeah. Right. So I get there. It's closed. I'm like, nah, this can't be closed. I'm banging on, banging on the shutters, banging on the shutters. The guy was just about to go to lunch. Okay. I was like, bro, listen, please, can you take this? Take this. He takes it, sends it to Spain, and then like I don't think like Whitney knew too much about it. Cause she had just mentioned the brand, like she okay. continues to do. And this is the power of network. Yeah, network, and then right? what happens is I get like a Whitney says, "Oh yeah, like Stormzy's album coming out. He's doing a Guardian feature, or whatever. Um, tries a product, whatever. Um, think and then um, long story short, she's like, yeah, checking the Guardian. Like the sun, I remember it was a Sunday. I just left like my my girlfriend's mum's." And she's like, "Yeah, checking the Guardian. I'll call tomorrow." So the Sunday morning, I remember going to the co-op. Going into the co-op, picking up the the Guardian, seeing the Stormzy pull out, seeing the brand there, and I was like, wow. mad. This is insane, bro. It's crazy. Like, I felt like insane. I felt like that's like a big win. And then two, like this year, we won um, gold at the World Rum Awards. Wow. Which is like, again, insane. Like, you know, something that you've come up with, something that, you know, you you put your heart and soul into. You're not traditionally from the industry, even though I was a rum collector and I used to love rum. I'm not traditionally from the industry, wasn't a bartender, you know, haven't worked for all the big corporates and we won, we win gold yeah. against some of the big, Kraken was in that, Kraken had their new wow. rum in there, you know, a few other well-known well, well brands were in, you know, that competition and winning gold there was, was massive because that was validation that we'd create a great product yeah yeah yeah. and and that's the thing like you don't always need validation but from creating something from scratch and after being 
in the journey that you've been in and getting it validated at a big award against like brands that pour in millions. We're talking about they've got millions of budget, millions. marketing, yeah. scientists or whatever to, you know, and you've you've you beat them means that it can be done. Do you know what I'm saying? It can be done. 100%. Um, so there's days, you know, for me, sometimes I'm like, ah, with the podcast, ah, I'm going to do it. How am I going to do it? How am I going to break through? How am I going to keep pushing it? Do you have, do you ever have those days with, when, when, with last or last and how do you overcome it? I mean, at a very, very start, like I had those days more than I have now, right? So at the start, when things, when things are unknown, when you're learning, um, when you're, you know, when you're just starting, you know, those thoughts come in your mind. But then I come across like things that help me, like whether it's like, podcast business podcast and listening to to stories of like founders that have created companies worth 100 million 200 million and listening at, at the times when they nearly gave up and they didn't or you know seeing videos or nipsey was such a massive inspiration yeah. to me seeing him videos and then there's a video like I, I remember posting a while back when he was like you know um the only difference between him and somebody else is that he didn't give up he had 100 percent confidence that this was going to work and he, oh, that's literally said, he said, the difference was, was I have 100% confidence that it's going to work. And I remember posting that on my, like, like on my Instagram and my Twitter. I'm like, yeah, like, um, I, people think I post things for them. I post things for me. <laughs> like, I, I don't post like, you know, what I'm posting is inspiration. It's not for you, bro. Yeah. I'm posting for me because it yeah. fills me with stuff. Like, it fills me with confidence. You know, when I, when I go back to these videos and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I need, it's like another boost, isn't it? So now... We, we face different problems. Yeah. And now I know I can get through it. I know it's super hard, but it's like, now I go back into my memory bank and I'm like, remember the time when you never had a business? Remember the time, whatever I work. So whatever you're currently going through, you can get through this. It's super hard right now, but you can get through it. But at the time, yeah, it was definitely, definitely listening to other founders or listening to like even Hove, listening to, you know, like I remember there's a video of like Hove uh, speaking, Jay-Z speaking, and he was like, oh, like, you know, he had like, he he, he was talking about having ultimate confidence and he, he's talking about how his uncle, when he's talking about his uncle, when he said, his uncle said he'll never sell a million record, records, but he sold a million records like a million times. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that, right? And, you know, that, that, that shit inspires me because, um, We've had our fair share of doubters at the start, but like, I remember, do you know what? And let me be totally honest with you, especially at the start, a lot of my motivation was like, I'd left my job and I quit super abruptly yeah. as well. And I was like, I can't fail because I'd quit abruptly. I've quit a racist environment. I've told them, I've put, I've, I've gone out of my shoulder and saying, listen, fuck your job, right? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create something on my own. And I'm going to be better than every single person here, right? So every time things were hard, I'm like, imagine the embarrassment of you having to quit at this stage, right? Like, imagine the embarrassment of you, like, you know, you're now on LinkedIn and your thing didn't work, even though you told him to fuck your job. You better make, <laughs> yeah. you better make this work. Yeah. You better make, you better make this work. You better get to a stage where you, you're at a stage where you feel like, all right, like I've accomplished, I've accomplished something, right? So that that was my motivation at start, and I I hated my job so much that I wanted to be better than everybody. Like I'm probably gonna post this on LinkedIn when people like I'm gonna and the people that follow me like that's that's still part of my motivation, 
right? Like all of the racist people that I worked with, like, you know, it's I don't want to destroy them, but I want to destroy them with my success. Right? I want to show them that, right, you this this young black guy that you didn't give opportunities to, that you were actually like overtly racist to, that you said things to, that you made like uncomfortable. This young black guy wanted to done something successful that you could never ever do. Right, you, you, you like you, you don't have what it takes to do, and that's that's a lot of my motivation. A lot of people say you shouldn't be motivated by anger, hate, whatever. No, I use that. I definitely use that. I use like the the hatred of or the anger of like some of these racists as fuel to keep going, right? And regardless of what happens, I'll always be successful because of because of other things. But yeah, like a third of it is is that fuel, bro. Yeah, and you know what? If that's your motivation, all all power to you, bro. That's all I'm gonna say. If that's your motivation, all power to you. If, if that's part of your motivation, yeah, part of it. All, all all power to you at the end of the day. Because sometimes you gotta prove to certain people. Actually, no, nah, no, nah, a black person can do it. They can do it. They can overcome odds. And we, you know what? We're we're used to doing it. Let's be real. We're we're, we're having to do it all the time. You know, we have to like 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 our parents say. People you do come this from PR thing. Culture as well. People do this PR thing when they say, "Oh, yeah, you know, like don't worry about the haters or whatever." Yeah, nah. like there's certain hate I don't worry about. Like you know, industry, whatever. Like I, I don't really like worry about certain things, but there's certain things that's happened in my life where I'm like, I'm I'm gonna be totally honest. Like what you're part of my fuel, bro. Like you're you're part of my. Of course, I've got other fuel. I've got like my kids. I've got my family that I want to. You know, I've got legacy. I want to you know build something amazing. But there's many things that fuel me. Yeah, this is just part of it. Yeah, you want to prove people wrong, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting yeah. to pe- prove people wrong. Of course, that's not what you're fixated on. No, you're fixated on doing something you know transformational at the end of the day. Um, and talking about that. What do you think it for you? What's like the importance of like having a black owned like, run business? I think it's um it's super important, man. And as I said, that you know, you talk about the history, you talk about, you know, you know, people being taken from Africa, people, you know, being forced to work certain jobs, people not having freedom, people, you know, being killed, um, and then people finding something of their own and creating something of their own, it being co-opted into what RAM currently is, right? But the the real foundation um started from that, right? You've you know, you've got you've got brands that are rooted in um, you know, several things and several things that, you know, I, I can't co-sign and I don't fuck with. And, you know, what 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 really needs to happen in this industry is um there just needs to be like equal play, man. You know, a lot of these brands started super early, so they got a lot of the market share. They, you know, they they have a lot of things in place or whatever. But I feel like because of not even because of what happened in the past, but I feel like you know, it's just it, it it's just super important for this industry to be diverse. Yeah, because you know we have a lot of things to say. We've got a lot of stories to say. We don't want other people telling our stories and pretending it's theirs, right? Let me tell my story authentically. Let me connect with people authentically, right? Let's not do, you know, let's not create this, like there's so many things in the industry where, you know, you can tell the story is not authentic or you can tell the story is rooted in something, you know, something like slavery or whatever, right? So, you know, just having our own voice, I guess, is is why I think it's super important. Um, and 
at least you know that somebody is from the culture and, and representing you. But also, as I said, like it's it's a brand where, you know, of course we want to go to the masses, but you're gonna hear a, a real story. Yeah. Like, you know, as I said, like this is a London brand, bro. We're from we're from London and I grew up in a very like diverse, um, diverse friendship group and like a you know, just like a, a diverse like upbringing in, in general. And everybody has stories to tell, like, you know, and you know, this brand is gonna be part of the 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 this brand's gonna be the brand that tells these stories, the stories that you're familiar with growing up, stories that some of my friends are familiar with growing up. Um and it's gonna bring it's gonna be one of the brands that, you know, it's it's the common common thing to unite people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that's that's one of the aims. Yeah. Um and yeah, like as I said, it's just like it's, it's somebody that that looks like them, that that dresses like them, that comes from the culture that would yeah. actually, you exactly. know, you know, you got brands that are in music that the CEOs never spout a verse in their life. Never. Spout, they you don't know even what I mean? F with the music. They, 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 they just want to get it in front of their audience. Yeah, That's it. They just want to get in front of their audience. The yeah. But I'm just like I'm. We we um we're we're the leaders of the like the Renaissance and in regards to like new you know, diverse spirits industry. Yeah. We want to put our foot down as like the leaders in that. And, um, you know, as I said, like, bro, like mine was in the drama room, the mm-hmm. like in the hall, spitting with people like Grimmel, bro, like yeah. the real culture, real like UK culture, right? So, you know, it's not going to get more authentic than this. Exactly. And I love that. And I love that. I was wondering, like, you being from a Nigerian background as yeah. well, yeah? Do you get like, is there like a certain pressure like obviously starting your own business that you got from your parents, Not, you know what they like. Sometimes I, I think they just worry. Like yeah. my, my my parents just worry because yeah. it's like the unknown, right? Yeah, like it's not something that they're familiar with in regards to. Oh, just get a job, just yeah. do this or whatever. It's it's the unknown. But my parents like believe in me. They've seen what I've done so far. You know, like we I've managed to move out, I, I, like living like in a you know a decent flat with my with my family or whatever. And um, they're seeing like progression. Yeah, right. Um, you know, my mum loved the Stormzy thing. She still has that on her wall and yeah. stuff like that. Hey, black that. <laughs> yeah, bro. I got like a plaque the other day. Uh, shout out, um, UK Black Business Show and HSBC. One love that. Like it was in one of their entrepreneur um lists. Um, so yeah, I think know. that's how I found you actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how yeah. I found you. Yeah. So like, and then we got a plaque for that. And my mum has that. So she's seeing yeah. things that are tangible now. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, like she still checks and checks if I'm okay, but she's like fully rocks with like the business and okay. she's like, ha- she's more happy slash worried than anything. Okay. 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 And I love that. And I love that you're getting the support because you definitely, definitely deserve it. Like I was thinking as well, like what, what's the plan for the future with Lassa Lass? I know you talked about a smaller bottle potentially. Yeah. Is there anything like further into the future? Was it, what were you trying to create with it? Yeah. We're just, we're, you know, I think what, one of the big things is, um, I think like a lot of brands have been like pigeonholed, especially like alcohol brands for too long, right? For me, the, when I come out, I come out with amazing media, like amazing marketing branding from the from the outset. So what we want to do is double down on that. So when it comes to media, some of the videos that you're going to start to see, see how produced they are, how well produced they are, we want to take it to the next level and tell stories in that sense. So real story, storytelling. We want to do... um 
collabs with influential people in the UK, influential brands in the UK, um, and show how creative we can be uh, uh, and grow in that sense. We're also going to be in more bars and restaurants. Yeah. The aim is to be in more bars and restaurants, be in different cocktails so people get to try um, the brand and rock with the brand. Um, and then, yeah, we will also be, we'll be going for like rebrands as well because we've we've had like the current branding since we launched. So it'll be time to just go through like a slight rebrand, okay. refresh, um, and then update the brand on that sense. So that should actually should be happening in the next six months or so. Okay, wow, wow, wow. And I can tell you for a fact, guys, uh, the, the drink is nice. So make sure to go and get your, your own bottle. I've had a taste of it. Um, it's something like that, will, that I would definitely have and I'll, I'll keep it because it's like, for me, I feel like I'll be part of a, I want to be part of a movement. Yeah. I want to support something. You know, I think we have a lot of the products that we buy, especially as black people. It's like you said, we don't even know where these things come from. Did they come from slavery? And then yeah. we're kind of like inadvertently like supporting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Slavery is not happening now, but yeah, they we're built on the backs of that. Right? right. So are we, are we supporting that? And I think sometimes as black people, we, we have to make a conscious effort to support you know, black owned businesses, especially ones that don't have the backing, they don't have the funding to to do what they need to do. So yeah, and no, I definitely, I love what you're doing, bro. And in terms of like, where, where can people find you? Yeah, man. So like I've tried to start like a founder Instagram, which is the Rum Rockstar on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we're lasolas.uk um, on Instagram as well. That's the brand Instagram. Um, like on Twitter, um, lasolas. Uh, UK on Twitter, so I think those those are the best uh, ways to find uh, find me. Um, we are for me. I'm I'm definitely trying to do like more founder facing things. So hopefully, you know, one day I I I find the courage to release my first podcast, <laughs> and then also yeah. we we we're gonna be starting. So I'm gonna be starting a blog, which is a written blog. Okay, um, love that. Where we can just do reviews on like uh, bars, but also. I like, you know, weekly give tips of what's helped me get to this stage. Yeah. So whether that's like podcasts or whether that's audio books, I'll give a, you know, quick synopsis on whatever that is yeah. and give them the information. Yeah. And just, I think just go for it at the end of the day, right? Like with the podcast, I started it. It's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to morph the idea, morph yeah. it, morph it, change it, change it. And I think like this, like people are going to want to, people are interested in your journey yeah. and supporting you. Um, have you got any final words for the listeners, watchers? Yeah, I just, you know, just, you know, thank you for listening. If you got to this far, really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, we just need all the support, you know, for us. We just think it's like us against uh, like the establishment or us against like other brands. Um, and, you know, we're, we're you know, it's, fr it's friendly, but it's not friendly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I'm joking. But yeah, thank you so much for anything. And if you bought a bottle, thank you. If you, you're going to buy a bottle in the future, thank you very much. And I uh, really appreciate it. No, no worries, Samuel. Thanks so much for blessing us on the podcast. And thanks for like opening up, you know, about your story. Like, I don't think it's that easy to, to come onto a podcast yeah. and talk about your story and, you know, talk about where things didn't go so well. A, a lot of people like to show the best part of themselves mm. or where they've just, ah, oh, this is what I did and everything was good. But I think you kept it real. And, you know, when it's authentic, I think I feel like people connect with you much more. And I feel like for honestly, like for me, your story is inspiring. I feel like for me, it's gonna keep me going. Cause I'm like, okay, Samuel, Samuel went through this. Okay, cool. So I can go through it and I can keep nice. on keep on going through it as well. And I'm sure the people who are listening to this are gonna feel like that as well. They might be through 
you know, they might be in a dark ditch right now. I think, yeah. okay, I can't really do this. But actually, you know what? Samuel actually got through this same situation as well. He actually lost friends as well and he actually made it through. So yeah, your story is really inspiring, it's motivational. I wish you well. I'll definitely be supporting the brand as much as I can. Uh, listeners, watchers, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Takeoff Experience. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me.